What's up, guys? Here with you at FC Wonder Kid, episode 140. Here with my guy, Branson. How are you? Uh, I'm doing wonderful, uh, even though we were just snowed in, Alex. Um, Alex and I, for everybody uh, to know here, um, Alex and I were just talking off camera before we started this uh, about snow. And uh, you have never seen snow, correct? Uh, I saw, like, frost in Ireland, uh, but I've never frost. seen snow. Frost, okay. Well, we've got over here about a half a foot of snow, and that's why we are um, filming early, and we are filming um, some really, really fun stuff to talk about, including all of the award shows, uh, <laughs> including, you know, the, the transfers. Uh, club football is back, the Copa del Rey. We got transfers heating up, and actually we're getting pretty close to the end of the month. But more importantly, we are filming early this weekend because it is a certain somebody's birthday. So I want everybody <laughs> in the comment section to please wish Alex... FC Wonder Kid, uh, <laughs> wish him a happy birthday in the comments. Please be nice, uh, be happy. Um, it's another year older for this man. I think you're getting you're you're like ten years older than me now, right, Alex? <laughs> I'm still under thirty, though. <laughs> I'm still under thirty. But thank you so yeah, much, you're Brenton. well under thirty. And thank you to everyone who's who comments. Uh, and thank you for being involved and watching us here at FC Wonderkid. I wasn't expecting that. For sure. But yes, an anniversary <laughs> for me would be to talk about start bench cells. And we're going to do Ooh. just that here in the intro of episode 140. And I think it's good to start here with a homerism, something, a word that I learned from you, mister. And let's start yes. with a start bench shell of Antonio Silva, Diomande, and Levi Colville. I'm interested to know, oh how would you line these three? Okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Colville's been been phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm still, I still am going to like Antonio Silva. I feel like a lot has been kind of taken off his shoulders just for the net play mm -hmm. uh, of what has been going on. Benfica has been very much a team as of late. So I'm going to say start Antonio Silva. I'm mm. going to say bench Levi Colville, and I'm going to say sell. Uh, Usmane Diam Diamande, uh, not, and that's not because I'm very sad for Cote d'Ivoire and their uh, recent loss, their humbling. Uh, I still think they can go far in the AFCON, but uh, Diamande hasn't impressed me as much as the other two as of late. Switch Levi Kova with Diamande, in really? my opinion, Bretton. People will say Portuguese bias, <laughs> but it ain't Portuguese bias. It's start Antonio Silva. Benchins is my name, and sell Levi Koval. All three, I think, will um, have a hand in their national teams. But well, Antonio Silva, yeah. generational talent right there. Soon, people huh? will know. Diomande could leave well, Sporting I, for more than 17 million, Bretton. I know. And, I mean, you, you could get 100-plus, 110-plus for uh, Usmane Diamande and Gonzalo Inacio, depending on how much Liverpool wants Ooh. him or, or other clubs, obviously, will fight for him. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, Diamande is great, but Colville, Colville for me could be a start simply because you know me, I, I value versatility. You followed him at Brighton you can't, you, a lot. Yeah, He's you, you him can't or... argue. But I, I'll tell you what, I have been very, very impressed, uh, not just with Inacio, not just with Diamande, not just with Antonio Silva. Uh, you want to talk versatility? I've been very impressed with Morato, uh, 22 year old. Um, came up through Benfica, right? And mm -hmm. and has taken some time to get into that 11. I love Morat. Uh, but just yeah, him. just watching him versus Boavista um, or watching what I could in terms of the highlights because I can't get the full game. Um, he, he's impressed me. I, I think there's a lot more growth to go there, even at a 
more advanced Wonder Kid age of 22. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just I, I like I like it. Um, no, no, no. I, I, where's my Where's my young defenders at? We're still dealing with a 40, 41 year old Pep. <laughs> um, over at Porto, where's my young defenders at? Come on, I uh, I do think the center back. I do, but Pep's vital. Pep's one of the best center oh, backs I've ever seen in my life, and I'm very happy yeah. that he's still at Porto. Okay, I wanted to mention just that. But Morato's been playing at left back. Great mention, Bretson, yes. and I absolutely love the guy. He's came from São Paulo to Benfica, and he might. Mm -hmm. There's a chance he might represent the Portuguese national team. Morato is considering like it. it, and Morato, Antonio Silva, Gonçalo Inácio, the list would mm -hmm. be really good, especially when we play with three center backs. But this is the first well, Starfench, so let us know your decisions down below. An historic well, I got one. one for you. Ah, you got one for I me, got, yes. <laughs> before you go historic, I want to keep it in that homerism type of, uh, type of vibe here, mm -hmm. okay? So here's my Starfench cell for you. I, I'm surprising you because you only you didn't think I had any. I've got <laughs> Zhao Neves, I've got Aurelian Chuameni, and I have Moises Caicedo. Ooh. Think of them in their peak. Okay, okay. So I would start Aurelian Chuameni. I think that mm -hmm. Real Madrid have lost two games this season. Those two games Chuameni was on the bench. I would bench Zhao Neves. João Neves is a phenom. João Neves is a generational talent at Benfica. And if you don't know, you soon will know. And I would sell Moises Caicedo. That is a tremendous talent too. But I believe highly in Chouameni and in João Neves for the Portuguese and French national teams, respectively. I think they're not going to leave their national teams the next 10 years. Those two players. That's a uh, that's a big tax write off if you're uh, selling Moises Caicedo because he ain't going to get anywhere close to what Chelsea paid for him. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but listen, do you feel Moises Caicedo can be get back to that kind of world beating uh, former? Do you think he was overrated to begin with? I mean, I, I knew mm -hmm. I love Moises Caicedo. I still love Moises Caicedo. I think he will grow into it. What I think messed mm -hmm. things up was the price tag. Um, and a little bit that transfer saga that happened there. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I would do the exact same thing. Shuamani, uh, start uh, bench João uh, Neves mm -hmm. and uh, sell Moises Caicedo. But I still believe in Moises Caicedo. Right. Um, and I think we're going to see that more as Ecuador fight for the 2026 um, World Cup qualification. Uh, and I think he will, over time, get... Uh, build into that and show his best in that Chelsea midfield. Although them calling back uh, Cesare Casadai is going to be pretty interesting, although they don't necessarily play the mm -hmm. same position. Uh, they're going to have a crowded midfield there once again, right? That's, that's an interesting one for sure. It's a crowded midfielder midfield and you got Enzo, Moses Caicedo. It's, it's decisions that need to be done, but let us know. Do you agree? Do you disagree with the choices that we're making here at the start bench cell? And because you're mentioning like Portugal a lot, I just thought, why not mm -hmm. mention the striker that is actually absolutely killing it here in Portugal with a start bench cell, making it a hard decision Ooh. too for you, Breton. Start bench cell mm -hmm. with Victor Gioqueres, Santiago mm -hmm. Jimenez, and an Ivan Tony. Who would you start? Who would you bench? And who would you sell? It could be easy for you. Well, it, it feels easy right now. Um, recency effect, recency bias is definitely in effect. I, I think Victor Gioqueras can do it all. 
<laughs> um, I think Santiago Jimenez is more limited than Vic- Victor Gokieres. Go- um, so I'm going to say start Victor Gokieres. Go- it's hard to believe he's still just 25 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're still growing to do, but he's 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 physical. He's big. He's kind of fast, freakishly fast for his size. Uh, he's skilled on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gokieres start. Uh, I'll bench Jimenez, and I, I gotta. I'm gonna sell Ivan Tony just on feels, just on vibes. Um, I've not enjoyed. I mean, Brentford treats him like the the Messiah, uh, and uh, he constantly derides them in interviews and whatnot. And he, they've stood by him for eight months. Um, so Ivan Tony better come back and and put four uh, across the goal line versus Nottingham Forest to repay the faith that Brentford has had in him. Uh, but I'm kind of sick of it. Um, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. So I guess begrudgingly, I will sell him because uh, they're not going to get $100 million. They're not going to get $50 million for him, uh, but he's probably uh, the one that's um, and then most you have, sell-worthy. And then you the have moment. Sporting that's going to get $100 million for Gjokeres. And I'm with you, Bretton. Victor Gjokeres yeah. has won the Player of the Month three times in a row. In 25 games, he's got 22 goals and 10 assists. Ooh. He's the best player in the Portuguese league, and he just arrived. Immediate impact. Yeah. It saddens me that I'm only going to see one season of Gioqueres. I would start Victor Gioqueres. I would bench Santiago Jimenez, and I would sell Ivan Toni. And if you disagree with this start bench sell, in my view, I think you only watch the English league. And I don't want you guys <laughs> to disagree, please, because trust, Santiago Jimenez will start for the L3, and Victor Gioqueres... He's like the future of Sweden next to Alexander Isaac and other names. Lucas Gvardal. Yep. Uh, there's others. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And yes. when when is, um, it, it's hard to believe, right, mm-hmm. that Gokieras, and we're going to talk about Brighton a little bit later because they obviously have landed oh, yet yes. another wonder kid, but it's hard to believe that Victor Gokieras could be the front man for Brighton at this moment in time. And it just didn't work out that way. And oh, uh, he, wound, he found his way to Coventry City. Um, and then he found his way to to sporting. Um, so there's a lot of like crazy scouting things that had to happen there um, for people to rationalize their decisions. One for the exit from Brighton and two for the um, for sporting mm-hmm. to pluck him out of English, the English championship. So uh, I, I did get to see a little bit of action from that Vizela game. Yes. Uh, sporting ended up winning, I think, winning five two. And it was like once the dam was broken open, um, <laughs> Gilgueras was just having a field day. Uh, him and Paulinho, who's been very good as of late, right? For sporting. Because of Gilgueras. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it's uh, that heat check. I think uh, we're gonna have to add him to the uh, PSV Eindhoven heat check that we do pretty much every week here. Uh, Victor Gilgueras is on his way to have a historic. Year. It's obviously the best year of his career. Uh, the best so. year of Ruben Amorim, the coach's career, too, of Sporting. Sporting right now, if they win the league, it'll be the second time that Ruben Amorim wins it. Victor Gioqueres being the best player. Diomande, Gonçalo Inácio, Pedro Gonçalves, underrated player. Morita that's representing now Japan. They have a very good squad and a lot of players to watch. Even a Marcus Edwards. Wow. If you know, you know, former uh, Tottenham Academy player. <laughs> but in the Portuguese yeah. league, Victor Gioqueres is the best player and best striker. Then you have Ivan Nielsen, I'd say is a very worthy name. Simon Banza too. Like best midfielder, mm-hmm. no doubt it's Ronevsch. Phenomenal midfielder. And best goalkeeper is of uh, Diocosta of Porto. So you have 
best striker at Sporting, best midfielder at Benfica, and best goalkeeper at Porto. You got it all how, clubs. How, and through being how second. How close is Trubin? Yeah, exactly. It's a debate. You can have a debate in the okay. Portuguese league between Diogo Costa and Anatoly Trubin right now. Because Trubin has mm. eight clean sheets in the league in 14 games. He's very impactful. Ooh. And two, right now, if I got to say best under 23 goalkeepers in the world, Trubin is for sure in that conversation too. And he costs 10 million with 40% future fee. That is very underrated deals. But it's a debate. Right. Let well, us know your here, choices. But since we're talking keepers, debate. we're talking Ooh, keepers okay. just to mention the historic one. Who would you start bench sell with Manuel Neuer? Gianluigi Buffon and Iker Casillas. <laughs> oh my gosh. I grew, I grew up with Buffon. I grew up with Buffon in his prime. Mm. Um, but I. Uh, I would have liked oh, okay, to have grown okay, up okay, with okay. Buffon. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will start. I mean, Gigi Buffon is like just legend growing up with all the Serie A greats when back when AC Milan obviously before the demise of some of these clubs and the whole scandal and all that fun stuff but Gigi Buffon for me I, I start him got to start Gigi Buffon I'm going to uh I'm going to bench I'm going to bench Iker Casillas and I'm going to sell Manuel Neuer I'm um, going to start Neuer and I'm going to bench Gigi you're going to start Neuer and I'm going to sell Casillas I think Casillas was vital for the Real Madrid team he wins the World Cup, yeah. he wins the two Euros, uh -huh. but Gianluigi Buffon, I think, was the best goalkeeper in his era. And the best goalkeeper mm -hmm. in the recent era, I think it's Manuel Neuer. Mm -hmm. He changed the position. He changed the sweeper-keeper. I I, I know, but it's still a debate. It's like, you can put all but three. He but, he, but he never did it elsewhere for me. I mean, Iker Casillas. Just uh, like Casillas. Uh, I know, yeah. at Porto. At Porto, he did it. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. No, well, I get it. It's well mentioned because yeah. at Porto, well, <laughs> Casillas was important. I remember. Well, you know what always plays in my head? Um, when Iker Casillas uh, wins the World Cup and then kisses his future wife, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right? Uh, that just, you know, that, that bumps him up. That I just bumps him up high. In there. No, just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> no, that's a, that's uh, a core that memory. A tough, uh, I, I do agree with you that Newer, Newer definitely changed the position of sweeper-keeper. Mm -hmm. um, but I just still can't. <laughs> <laughs> Casillas at his best, man. Casillas at his best it's, for it's, that Real Madrid team. We mm, disagree I on Ter Stegen and Allison, so I kind of look. True, it's understandable if we see the times. We're just changing the names. <laughs> but true. since we're mentioning right, big well, teams, ah, you got one more, yes. and then I have the I got, last one. I got one more for you. I, I'm gonna go a little more FC Wonder Kid lens here. Okay, as I hold the camera lens cape uh, cap up. Um, <laughs> okay, this is I want. This is raw potential, not mm -hmm. like right now. Who do you think has the highest potential start bench sell? Striker edition, young striker edition. Rasmus Vinterholand, Matisse Tell, Evan Ferguson. I think start Vinterholand, uh, Rasmus Vinterholand, mm. bench Evan Ferguson, yeah. and unfortunately sell Matisse Tell. I think the national mm -hmm. team importance comes into hand with me. I think Denmark's future is with Rasmus Vinterholand, and for sure, sure. Era. Ireland's future, if they're ever going to have success in the Euros, it's with Evan Ferguson yeah. having a big hand. And Matisse Tell, very talented, very good at Bayern Munich. But even to start yeah. at Bayern Munich, it's going to be very 
difficult for Matisse, though. And even to start for the French national team, too, it's going to be very difficult because Clairefontaine, the academy football there, is on another level. So, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I'd have to sell Matisse, but man, Breton. Man, Breton, you always call me, call me lacking there because it's very <laughs> hard with Matisse, tell Because the it, talent, it I don't know, yeah. but it's the club level it, that, that changes my opinion. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent in there for you. I, I I want I almost want that loan to like Eintracht Frankfurt to go through Ooh, or something. Um, I like that. And it's not it's not going to happen because I feel like Matisse Tell has already said no. I'm here. I'm ready to fight. But is that rumored? But I think it's it. No no no. I made that up. Because no, the Colomani that would make total sense. It would make yeah. And and uh, Girassi, um at Stuttgart right. I, mm -hmm. I mean there are mid table or upper mid table um, no, Bundesliga agree. teams that could really, really give him uh, the the playing ground, right? The proving ground that he needs. And yeah, I get like he's super sub, whatever, and he scores a bunch of goals and he shows his freakish athletic ability and his prowess and all that good stuff uh, sometimes with Bayern. And he learns the whole team structure and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, Harry Kane's there and he's bringing his posse in too. Uh, you've got Eric Dyer coming, no, you've got Trippier coming potentially. It's, it's, yeah, like he's true. not going anywhere anytime soon. And I get you want to learn from Harry Kane, but Matisse Tell, he is a question mark and mm -hmm. he is like you see the ceiling is insanely high. It's whether or not he's ever going to be given the opportunity to like reach that ceiling, right? Exactly. Um exactly. That's what I worry about. I yeah. and and I so, and I'm right now, that's a doubt for me. Last one, yes. and because I okay. see this a lot on Twitter, <laughs> and, and X and on Instagram, I saw this post a lot, and some Barca okay. fans were going crazy. And I would go crazy too, okay? So a start bench sell with Kevin De Bruyne, Jude Bellingham, and Pedri. Who would you start? Who would you bench? And who would you sell? Oh, I mean, that's just setting things up. Uh, oh, gosh. The, I, I mean, I'm going to start. If it's a one-off game or something, I'm starting Kevin De Bruyne. Mm -hmm. um, you're telling me he's healthy. I'm starting him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm benching Jude Bellingham because you, you can't beat, a, beat that off the bench. Uh, and then I'm, I'm selling uh, Pedri. Because, Would that change uh, with Gavi? Would the start bench no. sell change still? No. I agree with you. No. I agree with you. Yeah, and yeah, every no, Barca it, fan it needs to realize that Bellingham and De Bruyne are in a different level. <laughs> it, 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 it certainly feels that way. And, um, yeah, I just – I don't see – I don't know exactly what would put Pedri mm -hmm. or Gavi above a Jude Bellingham for me at this moment B based on, you know, the, the, the clear leadership and the clear um, – uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, just – it feels like everything he does right now is iconic. You know? uh, Jude, Jude Bellingham. Bellingham. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, even even losing to Atletico Madrid. No, just kidding. <laughs> In the Copa del Rey. But no, I I just what he has done and how he has built uh, his career so far, and still how young he is. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know how a Pedri or a Gavi would get up there. Maybe that Pedri he had that period of time that ended up breaking him for a little while, uh, where he was just so vital for yes, Barcelona yes. and for Spain. Um, but if he gets back to that form, I still I still don't think that he goes above what Jude Bellingham has done so far this season and what he has shown in terms of his, you know, stepping stones up from Birmingham to Dortmund to Real Madrid. So, yeah, no, I, I, and I don't know what it would take. It would take Jude Bellingham doing this for 10 more years 
uh, to get above Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, so <laughs> five more at least. Five <laughs> more at least with five you. Least, I'd yeah. start Kevin De Bruyne, the best midfielder okay. in the world when he's in form. I would bench Jude Bellingham and I would sell Pedri. It saddens me that I sell Pedri, but what Jude Bellingham's doing, you said it. He's the best midfielder mm -hmm. in the world until Kevin De Bruyne knocked in and said to Newcastle here I'm back <laughs> and I'm back. yes I'm here Kyle Walker did say too Kyle Walker said Kevin the bro um Kyle Walker said Kevin go uh goes uh in that bracket with Lionel mm. Messi and with Christian Ronaldo do you agree with this statement by Kyle Walker putting Kevin uh, De Bruyne in the same level as Messi and Ronaldo no 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 I, I can't I can't in any uh well okay Club football capacity potentially, um, his consistency in terms of his his uh, his identity uh, and the trust that he's built uh, with Pep Guardiola. Um, <clears throat> but then you add in the then you add in the uh, the country, right? Mm -hmm. You you add in what they've done and what they've meant for their country. Obviously, he's meant a lot for Belgium. It just hasn't amounted to That's true. Um, the success that they all expected from the golden generation. And if in fact, it's I wouldn't call it a full on failure, but it mm -hmm. it. They've been punching above, say, Belgian weight, but at the same time, we all expected more from that Lukaku, De Bruyne, Mertens, uh, oh gosh, you can name a, a whole bunch of others. Yeah, and uh, you got the Alderweireld and uh, uh, Vertonghen, Vertonghen in the back, and that's now getting phased out. Vizzo. Uh new generation comes in, but so yeah, I would not say that at all just yet. But he'd be like the tippy top of the tier, right below Ronaldo and Messi. But if if Kevin De Bruyne wins the Euros with Belgium and it, it wins yeah. the Champions League. With Man City, a lot of people will yeah. start saying Ballon d'Or, Ballon d'Or, and who can blame them? And that would be the first Ballon d'Or winner uh, since Luka Modric. And I think it's yeah. Luka Modric, Kevin De Bruyne, and Toni Kroos, the three midfielders that that marked mm. the last ten years in football at the highest level. Toni Kroos wow. too. I, I I forgot to say in the last podcast, but I gotta mention Toni Kroos in that in that level. Of course, because at Bayern of and at course. Real. Those passes, the precision, it's unreal. But let us know, do you agree? Do you agree, disagree uh, with a lot that we've said? Uh, because the talk is about the awards, about the star mm. bench sell. Uh, and mentioning the awards, I'm here seeing mm -hmm. a list that I, I didn't, I actually didn't warn you that I had this written down, Breton, of the top uh -oh. 10 strikers by 442. Did you see that online? Who are the top 10 strikers by 442? And the list is number one, Harry Kane, two, Holland, okay. three, Mbappe, four, Ozime, five, Lautaro, Alexander Isaac, seven, Darwin, number eight, and number nine, Alexander Isaac. And the last 10th place, the number 10 is Santiago Jimenez. So for 4 4 2, wow. Christian Ronaldo and Lewandowski are not in the top 10 strikers last year. It's mad that they don't put Ronaldo uh, for me. It's mad, Breton. Man. Yeah, well, <laughs> the top goal scorer feels, of 2023 like is not in the top 10 strikers of 4-4-2. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that might be more a um, testament to, I guess, what they feel about the uh, Saudi Pro League than anything else. They don't feel um, the Saudi Pro League is better than the French League. <laughs> oh my gosh let's not get started with that you know you get you get bad press and then you get hit with this manufactured positive press just keep showing us the progress um with saudi pro league i mean i keep coming back to looking at the saudi pro league games because christiana is right i'm watching 
the pro league. I'm not watching the games, but I'm certainly looking at it. And when when Cristiano talks, I generally do listen. Um, <laughs> but I don't agree with that statement in any capacity because think of all the players that that Ligue 1 has developed mm-hmm. over the years, and yes, sold off. Um, if you're talking about, say, a lopsided nature, which I think I think his quote is getting misconstrued by a lot of people out there, like him mm-hmm. saying, matter-of-factly, the Saudi Pro League is better. Saudi Pro League is a completely different league than Lyon, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about PSG being the tippy-top, uh, whatever, for as long as it has, but when I look at the development of Lyon players and where they go on to play and all that good stuff— um, and and how they've built a ridiculous foundation for one of the most successful national teams of the last twenty plus years since 1998. Um, and yeah, I, I just I can't agree with Cristiano, and I will not agree with Cristiano that Saudi Pro League will be a top three league but, at any point in the next five years, no matter how much money you throw at it. But Brett, um, you will and, agree with Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo in the sense that Ronaldo said that the favorites for the Champions League are. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and Man City. That is facts, what he's saying right there. No yeah. one is yeah, ahead throw, of those three teams. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd throw Inter in there just based on how cohesive they've looked as, mm. of, uh, as of these days. But uh, And plus, they made the final last year. So, uh, But yeah, true. no, I, I can't but, not agree with him on that. Um, so, But, the, you know, and we're going to talk about Jordan and Henderson and... We're mentioning the yeah. Globe Soccer Award in awards. this case. Mentioning mm-hmm. awards in this case. I wanted to say, the FIFA, the, the fact that Messi didn't attend the FIFA Best Awards shows the importance and the credibility that he gives towards it, okay? I think that he wasn't expecting to win it, but you can't say that Messi doesn't deserve to win an award because he doesn't have the quality, because you're simply lying. Messi is one of the greatest players to ever have played this game, and he still is. Even playing in the United States, one of the greatest ever to play this game. Just like Cristiano Ronaldo. That's why it's embarrassing that 4-4-2 don't have him in the top 10 strikers. But I fully believe that Erling Haaland should have won FIFA the best. And I wouldn't be here saying it's a robbery, it's a stupid award, it's this, that, and the other thing, if Messi wasn't even in the top three. Because Messi's quality... Is un- immense and it still is. And I think the greatness will be translated in the MLS next season. And I think Di Maria and Messi are going to play in the Olympics. So they're, cr- they're creating memories in Paris, maybe in next summer, uh, before the Copa yeah. America. It's going to be a big year well, for Messi next, next, oh, next year. A lot of people are going to hate on this, but it's going to be a big year for Messi in the MLS and for Argentina in the Copa America. Who, yeah, uh, and, and can I, he go to the World Cup? Maybe. The next World Cup in the States yeah. again? Do you reckon? He, he has, he, yeah, I mean, he has said it depends on how Copa America goes. Um, but I, I think, I think he's still, he's still relatively young. Um, I mean, he could certainly play uh, two years from now. That's Ronaldo what we're looking would. at, right? We're into 22 <laughs> and a half. Yeah. Well, Ronaldo said he's, he's playing, he's going to, He's, he's going to beat that the Japanese Euros. dude that's, he's, yeah, he's going to beat that Japanese dude that's still playing uh, for, what, Olivarense and Liga <laughs> yes. Sabseg or whatever it's called over there, right? Second, it's the second um, league, yes. Our second yeah, The second league, okay. Well, I, I think uh, Messi is going to have, uh, he might not, from a footballing perspective, aside from Copa America, from a mm-hmm. club perspective, he might not have this awe-inspiring, you know, seminal Major League Soccer moment that just... Uh, Whatever, it, mm-hmm. but from a influential side, from a cultural side, 
um, it is going to be uh, a big, big couple years ahead. The same way for Ronaldo uh, for the Mideast uh, in terms of shedding light on on those leagues and, and whatever their sporting project oh. is and what they want to accomplish over there uh, heading into things. I so think it's the, uh, there's the f- multiple the multiple thief. fronts here. But my issue, Alex, with the FIF Pro and, and mm-hmm. um, it's always the criteria. Like, just be like, be as transparent as possible, mm-hmm. please. Like with with the criteria, and then stick to it. Because a lot of us didn't think, say, the World Cup had anything to do with the FIFA FIFA Pro um, mm-hmm. announcements, and then yet, obviously, it had to if you're picking Leo Messi at exactly. the top. But then there's the the captaincy side of things, right? There's the captains that are announcing things, and you've got you've got a lot of these guys that are picking Messi. Um, Mbappe, Neymar, so, Salah. Uh, yeah. So it's, 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 it's just confusing. And I know, you know, it's kind of like all the award shows nowadays. You can't keep them together, whether it's the Golden Globes, the, 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 the BAFTAs, the, the Oscars. I guess we're getting to that point with football, uh, too. But it just, just it make your better, criteria though. as transparent as possible so people understand it. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it in one glance and say, yes, this makes sense. Or, I mean, like a lot of people are saying, this is a robbery. It should have been Erling Holland, And, and it was Erling Holland for the Globe Soccer Awards, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, the Globe Soccer Awards, Erling Holland won it. And even Ronaldo is pointing at Erling Holland, say, he's going to win it. He's going to win it. And it is true. Sure. Mbappe has won it in the past. Cristiano Ronaldo has won it in the past. And now Erling Haaland has won it. Cristiano Ronaldo was nominated the best player in the Middle East. And 100% he is. Being the top goal scorer yeah. of 2023 in all leagues in international football. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, mentioning all this. Yeah. And FIFA the best award. <laughs> the robbery wasn't the Messi yeah. award. It was Rodri. Rodri not being in the FIFA best 11 is a robbery in my view. The best CDM in the world. The man who makes Man City tick is not there. The man who scored the goal in the Champions League final is not there. That cannot be the case. That's the biggest well, robbery I, if we're mentioning all this. I wanted well, to say. Well, what's more ridiculous is you have six members, right, of the treble winning Manchester City side. And one of them happens to not be Rodri. And I think that's where the, the limitation comes in. Because apparently they picked that and then... Um, and then I guess the, the the last vote or whatever goes to the highest vote vote, eh, vote total. So you're always going to get a forward instead of another midfielder. Oh. If it was a midfielder, it would have been Rodri, but instead it was probably Vinicius or whoever on that Holland, Mbappe, Messi, Vinicius uh, four-person forward line. But, mm. I mean, come on. Bernardo Silva over um, Rodri, while I believe Bernardo Silva's – uh, uh, yeah, his influence to uh, uh, Manchester City could be argued to be almost as high up there as Rodri's. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it surpasses Rodri to be there no. um, just yet, but it's pretty dang close. By no opinion. means, I think it's uh, it, it should be happen. And the FIFA Best Award they need to fix towards getting more credibility. They were get FIFA Best Awards will be more credible if. They have Rodri in the best 11. If they even do the picks live, make the the, yeah. the captains go live and do the picks live. Egypt uh, with Mo Salah, France with Kylian Mbappé, Ronaldo going live and saying his picks of who should win the FIFA, FIFA best award. That would be insane. The world would stop if that was the case, in my view. Let us know. 
Do you agree? Do you disagree with the Sharp Bench Cell, with the FIFA Best Award, with all <laughs> we all that we mentioned until now? And since we're yeah. mentioning Real Madrid, Barcelona, Copa del Rey, oh my days, Ooh. what a game by Antoine Griezmann. We're seeing yeah. one of the most underrated players in his generation. I think Thomas Muller and Antoine Griezmann are very underrated because they've been world-class consistently for a number of years. But Griezmann right now, this season, with 18 goals and six assists, it has to be mentioned. Congratulations, yeah. Griezmann, for being one of the best Frenchmen in this last decade, 100%. It has to be. Yeah, and, and just, just a note to Carlo Ancelotti, you can't say that you're not going to take the Copa del Rey seriously after you take <laughs> the Copa del Rey seriously after you lose 4-2. to two, uh, uh, Don't hate on Carlo. Don't hate no, on I'm, Carlo. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just saying, come on, take it with grace and just be like, yeah, Atletico beat us. They beat us an extra time. They beat us because they have Antoine Griezmann. And they also beat us because, uh, I'm going to say it, I mean, Vinicius Jr. had a pretty bad day. Um quite a few of Real Madrid. Bellingham uh, was not at his best. Pretty bad. No, he was not at his best. And I, I guess that's going to happen. So if, if that's if you've got a coach telling the players but not telling the media before the game that you're not going to take Copa del Rey seriously, but then you start an 11 that makes it look like you're going to take it seriously, um, <laughs> aren't those players going to be playing as if they're not taking it seriously? And that's kind of what it felt like. But Atletico deserved a win. Uh, Barcelona, uh, even though mm -hmm. they got scored on by uh, the Unionistas, um, they were able to get by and, uh, yeah, setting up whatever. On, on to the next round in the Copa del Rey. Uh, never a dull moment, that's and, for sure. And but Atlético de Madrid wins it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's Xavi saying about Barcelona now? He's still, he's still got sights on a, some sort of a treble, does he not? Uh, Xavi said, I believe we can win the treble. Xavi said this. Do you believe, Breton? Well... Um, Champions League? Hell no. <laughs> La Liga? There, 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 I don't think it's likely. So, Copa no, del Rey? it's not. Maybe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they can do that. Although, Maybe. Atletico Madrid... <laughs> Atletico Madrid is probably my, uh, my favorite right now. Oh, um, man. But, uh, oh, but listen, look. come on. Champions League, they're not winning with that roster right now. No, 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 no. Completely agree. Barcelona is by no means winning the Champions League. And if they sacked Laporta because he, he, he loses in the Champions League to Napoli, I don't think that should be mm -hmm. the case. If he looks horrible at the end of the season in La Liga, I think that that should be highly considered. Because the team, like, he's got good players. And I see even a lot of... Do you think Ronald Araujo will stay at Barca the next two years? Oh my goodness! Well, it's 18 I million. Where else. People are yeah. saying 18 million to Bayern Munich. Why can't I remember where? Where did he come? Did he come straight from um, uh, the Pinero. Premier Division in Uruguay? Oh my gosh! Wow! Mm -hmm. Wow! That's that is impressive scouting. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> once amazing. again that is like amazing. Pedri at Las um, Palmas. He didn't cost too much too. But I wanted yeah. to mention Real Madrid on my end with this one, and it's I don't want to mention too much because Lucas Bergval. Is a, a player that <laughs> would be phenomenal for Barca, but it saddens me that I see a 10 million price tag being said it's way too much. That's the point that Barca's in right now. A sad position that Benfica, <laughs> I think Benfica has more power towards signing players right now in January than Barca. That, uh, yeah. that, that's something wrong with that. But Real Madrid, well, Real Madrid's not signing anyone in January. That means that in <laughs> the summer, once again, they're going about to go bold. Jude Bellingham was their decision. Even Ibrahim Diaz, that was a very valuable transfer, happened. Now, 
it's time for Alfonso Davis, for Hendrik to have his proper ceremony, and maybe a Kylian Mbappé. But if it doesn't happen of Kylian Mbappé, maybe. it's worse for Mbappé than it is for Real Madrid, because Real Madrid already have Jude Bellingham, Vinicius, Valverde. The list goes on. Rodrigo, <laughs> Cabavinga, yeah, Militão. It, it, it goes on. It goes on, Arda right. Guler, um, it goes on and on. <laughs> so much. But you bring up a good point about Bergvall. Um, $10 mm-hmm. million from Jure Gardens in the Allsvenskin seems steep, but this kid is freakish. Uh, he's 6'2 at 17 years old, uh, but he moves like he's, you know, Messi's size. Uh, he's fast. He's he's really good in possession. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't matter getting like stuck in. He will track back uh, and he can be a 10. Um, I see his future as like just a midfield kind of eight destroyer two mm-hmm. uh, type of hybrid. Um, I would spend 10 million as chump change on this kid uh, in in my humble opinion. Um, and this was you said this is Real Madrid or is this Barcelona? No, Barcelona. This is Barcelona, Barcelona after, right? type player. But, Mm-hmm. But Barcelona also has, they've got already Noah Darvish. And I guess if you're using Noah Darvish, who is not quite the same role as Lucas Bergvall, but using him as a um, monetary kind of reference point, he only costs $3 million, right? So I, I guess hey, it, they have to play some and softball or some hardball, I should say. And if they get him for if they get a Bergvall for seven with a couple things on you know thrown on there uh, in the future uh, some clauses or whatever that he can meet performance wise, I think I wonder if they could still do it. Uh, but with that said, like if if they I want to see um, if they sign Lucas yeah. Bergvall for ten million, they would have signed Noah Darvish, Lucas Bergvall, mm-hmm. and Pedri for less than twenty five million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and like who else? They're signing from uh, the Ma- was it from Mali? Uh, Ibrahim um, Diara. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great great player. Yeah. I think the star of but Mali's listen, under 17. We're, yeah. And and it didn't show up in our media over in the States, but I, I have to ask you, have you seen anything as to why against uh, basically an amateur team, against the Unionistas, why Vitor Roca only gets eight minutes off the bench? Completely agree with you. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I was okay. expecting him to start that game, but not to see photos yeah. of him on the bench with next to Lewandowski. No, no, no. I okay. can, I think so you were I, just as... I was shocked. Yeah, I was I, I was shocked. shocked. Yeah. And and mentioning like Vitor Roque in this case too, I wanted to say mm-hmm. I was shocked with Roma sacking Jose Mourinho right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate on the decision, but what I'm more shocked is with the Brazil Federation because the Brazil Federation waits a whole year for Carlo Ancelotti, but they don't wait one week for Jose Mourinho? One week? Yeah. Like, they should have contacted Jose Mourinho. He's better than Dorival. Jose Mourinho in a tournament, an international tournament with Brazil, with any top international team, they would be feared. Feared. Yeah. And one day, you soon will see. It could be Portugal, even maybe like in England after Southgate. I don't know, but I fully believe international football one day will come for Jose Mourinho. But yes, Vitor Hock should 100% (laughs) play that game against uh, in Copa del Rey. (laughs) Yeah, let's play a little choose your own adventure. Uh, Greg Berhalter doesn't do so hot with the U.S. at Copa America. USA opens up. Um, no, no, no. Jose Mourinho. Mourinho? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Come on. Like, look, look. Come on. With all no. fairness, Paul Fonseca. Yeah. If you could convince a Paul yeah. Fonseca to coach the U.S. men's national team, but it would have to be a blank check type situation. 
because I, I think know. they and see it as like their last job, the national team. Yeah. Our, our federation doesn't do black uh, blank checks, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, if if they if they had Bielsa in front of them and Bielsa actually interested, and they said, "Nah, we're good with Greg Burhalter." It ain't ever happening uh, from a blank check perspective. Um, so we, we shouldn't even think about a Jose Mourinho. Um, and I don't even know if it would actually jive like with our with our player pool. But you know, oh, yeah, it, 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 it certainly would make for good, uh, good drama. It would. Um, it would. And good excitement. And, and, um, but and my goodness. since we're mentioning yeah. now Jose Mourinho, we mentioned mm-hmm. Barcelona transfers, Lucas Bergvall transfers. That's the big topic right yeah. now. What are of the course. transfers that you're excited to see ha- that happened this this week? Oh, my gosh. Well, let's start with uh, not a lot has been going well for John Texter as of late. <laughs> uh, Botafogo's, you know, implosion. Biggest bottle job ever. And you've got Lyon. Yeah, Lyon's sitting in the relegation zone. I think he's an owner of Crystal Palace, too, and they mm-hmm. just got shellacked by Arsenal. Five nil. Five zip, which Arsenal needed, let's be honest. True. Uh, but listen— there is, there is a, a, a shred of hope. Mm. Uh, Lyon hasn't started winning a lot of games, but they have one more than they had previously that saw them bottom of the Lyon table. And mm-hmm. I'd like to report a crime, Alex, because Lyon <laughs> have gone in and have raided everything um, of KAA Gents, of mm. Gents' future, especially their attacking future. And I know we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about the one they just got over the line, but that's not the one I, I see as the biggest one. And the 21-year-old Gift Orban, who has slowed down as of late, he kind of has been pushed out of Ghent's starting lineup, but we all remember last year's 20 goals in 22 games for him to start. 21-year-old striker with a ridiculous upside, um, coming off a snub for AFCON, even though Nigeria lost Victor Boniface. They didn't call him in. They called Tara Mafi. Um, they ended up getting this over the line for cheap, for 15 million euros. But Alex, that is not the best signing. Mm. 18-year-old Malik Fofana Mm -hmm. is the best signing. He can play in the center of the pitch. He can play on the wing. Mm -hmm. Um, He is still growing into it, but he has got feet of gold uh, with Rayon Cherki up there. I mean, at least Lyon will be entertained. Um, 18 years old, and I am most excited about that. They spent $17 million on him. I'm sad to see him leave Ghent because he was just growing into a leadership role mm-hmm. at Ghent. But Malik Fofana is a bigger signing for me than Gift Orbon. But mm. if Gift Orbon can learn from Lacazette, uh, if he can learn... Um, no, it's literally just Lacazette there. I think there is a there is another player, but uh, Gift Orban should do well. But Fofana is the one I am watching uh, from here <coughs> on out. Gift Orban, uh, but very <laughs> interesting player. Gift Orban at Gink in yeah. the past was the player to score the fastest at hat trick ever in European competitions. Gift Orban is the first Nigerian ever to sign for Leon. Gift Orban scored yeah. fif- 32 goals in 52 games for a gink, and yeah. I completely agree with you. 13 million is a bargain. I got 13 million yeah. on my end, but even if it was 15, I'm with you too. It's a bargain on that but, end too. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, you've you've still got Maxence Kakare, and I know he's not really an attacker, you but he's only Lucas 23. Lucas Perry now from Botafogo. Yep, yep. Adrielsen, yep. that was signed for yep, Ch- Chum got- Cheap. You've got Rayon Cherky still. 
Uh, you've got Gift Orban. You've got Malik Fofana. You still have Ernest uh, Nuama, mm-hmm. uh, who is a wonderful Right to Dream signing uh, from FC Nordjylland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they are doing the right things, and they're not spending too, 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 too much to do it. True. Um, but if you can, if you can uh, ingratiate these, these players uh, with what I believe is still a very, very robust and potent Leon Academy. I mean, they're called Legons for a reason, right? Um, we should see Leon resurrect themselves. Uh, not mm. this year, but maybe next year, maybe the year after that. But these these players have to be given time to grow in, and I guess they're going to have to hold on to Cherky uh, because I know that's kind of a question mark too, isn't it? That's true. That's also a question mark in Ryan Cherky's future. Well, that all depends on him, himself, his routine, the way he thinks, and what he's going to do yeah. at Lyon. Because he's got to create an impact at Lyon to then prove himself to go to another team. Barcola went to PSG. That was lucky yes. for him. But Ryan yeah. Cherky, in my view, needs to prove himself at Lyon and then go somewhere else. And I think Barcola so- had really good games beforehand. So... Yeah, yeah, and um, he, I think that hurt them a lot. Barcola mm-hmm. leaving, I mean, they got good money, but they didn't know how to spend it, and then that season just, that early part of this season just spiraled out of control. So uh, they're using that money on Malik Fafana and Gift Orban, and now I'm looking over at Ghent and saying, what? <laughs> like, who's next? Who's um, next? Th- because Ghent is the club that uh, helped develop Jonathan David before he moved to Lille. True. Um, I'm sure they've got somebody... Uh, Somebody in the arrears. Uh, I think there is an 18-year-old Spaniard, uh, Matias Matias Fernandez, maybe. Um, but there are people to watch there. But it's tough for them to see literally their whole promise, uh, attacking prowess, just ripped right out from them when they're actually in the running for a Belgian Pro League title that's right true. now. But Th- and anyway, Royal that's Cinchi it. On was league. it's a very very difficult league now to win. You got Club Bruges, a much better team. Royal Cinchil was a much better team. It's completely yeah. understandable. And Club Bruges right now as one of the biggest stars <laughs> in the January transfer yes. window to watch. And Donny Nusa could be going to Tottenham. And that would be a terrific signing. Another one. Another terrific signing by Ange Postagoglu. He's played more than 60 yep. games for Club Bruges. And he's an extremely skillful winger at 18. Vicario, Miki van de Ven. Uh, pa- yeah. uh, not Papi he was already there. But James Madison, phenomenal transfers. And all have made a difference here with Ange Postegoglu. The midfield, yeah. this is something that for me is underrated. The midfield of Tottenham, of Bentakur, Papi Matassar, or Bisuma, and James Madison, uh, to be assembled in such a short period of time, in, in the first season of Ange Postegoglu, speaks levels. Speaks levels of how good he is of a manager. So he could win a title for Tottenham in the next two years. You got to believe in Big Ange. Give him the transfers. Yes. Paratici, um, he's giving it. <laughs> yeah, and I think Antonio Nusa is going to provide what they thought Brian Heal was going to provide for them. And it just mm-hmm. still has not worked out. Um, but if Nusa gets across the line, I think the biggest thing is, you know, is it worth the $30 million? Um, but it's, it's another, it's another talking point. I know we said this a little bit last week. You look at just this rich, I mean, I'm, I just pulled it up so I don't forget a name, right? Mm -hmm. Under 23 years old, Norwegian talents. Come on. Erling Holland is still 23 years old up until July 21st of this year. He will be (laughs) 23 years old. Antonio Nusa, 18. Oscar Bob, 
20. We saw that goal the other day. You've got Andreas Shelderup, who went back to FC, Nor mm -hmm. FC Norgeland, um, but will come back with a vengeance and is still an immense talent at only 19 years old. He's your left winger as well, uh, him and Nusa, but he can play in the middle. Yep. Sver Nippon, who plays for Rosenberg, uh, I'm probably saying his name wrong and his club's name wrong. I heard that in the comments, people. But 17 uh, years old, uh, he's got all the Sven tools Nippon. to be a great midfielder. That's, that's an interesting one, too. True. So it you're is. seeing a list of under 23, a list of under 23, under 23 players of Norway, list of under 23 players of Norway with Holland, with Antonio Nusa, yep. with Sheldrup, yep. with Nippon. Yep. Who more? Yep. <laughs> Bob, Oscar Bob. And you know what that's missing, Alex? Is uh, I know what people are saying is like attack doesn't always win everything. They they need more defensive talents. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to build a team, uh, you're going to need to find, I guess, uh, let's see, some old old Norwegian defenders. Come on, help me out. Uh, Henning Berg, is that one or was he Swedish? Um, who was the other? Who wait? Who is uh, Holland's 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 dad? Right. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah. So I why mean, are you mentioning Norway, that? They, <laughs> they got Frederick Oshin well, that can play at fullbacks. Yes. <laughs> they they do, but they need center backs. They need a good goalkeeper. They mm -hmm. need a whole lot more if they're going to compete for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Uh, as we can tell, a lot of their talents right now, all that wonderful, wonderful talent that we just talked about, a lot of it is flank heavy. Mm -hmm. wing heavy and they True. need more uh centrally obviously they've got martin odegaard who's above 23 but he is not he is not old in any way shape or form um but yeah yeah they just they just need more help but if they don't qualify for the 2026 world cup um the same way they didn't qualify for the 2024 euros uh it is a travesty with this much talent it well, is a travesty with this much talent. Well, so. a future of Norway national team with Holland in front, with Antonio Nuz on one wing, Sheldrup on the other, Oscar Bob maybe involved too, Sver Nippon yep. involved, Ot Odgard involved, Sander Berg mm. involved, Frederik Orsens involved, yep. and many other names that are going up right now. I think Norway could be going to not just the World Cup one day, to the Euros too. That I miss, yeah. I miss, I miss Holland in international competitions because he's such a big yeah, reference well. in other, um, in, at club level. But I wanted well, to mention too on transfers, like this contingent mm -hmm. of Tottenham players going to Bayern Munich. Harry Kane mm -hmm. went to Bayern Munich, and now Eric Dyer went after. And people are saying Kieran Trippier, if they don't win a title, that's what they're gonna blame. That's what they're going to blame. Yeah. And it makes no sense. But it weirdly connects. <laughs> it's one of those yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I guess it connects. We haven't even, like, Dyer's barely even played a minute, um, if, if at all. And we're already uh, seeing it as a, it's a headline success. But we'll see if it's actually an on-the-field success. It should be. Uh, but, yeah, Kieran Trippier would be, um, I mean, It would confirm Alfonso Davies leaving. Uh, yeah, and that that's probably almost a guarantee, right? Uh, in the near future, Alfonso Davies, Real Real Madrid. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be true, but like, it, it, Kieran Trippier, it just seems there's so much more work to do at Newcastle, mm -hmm. and I haven't seen any real understanding that he's unhappy or like needs a new challenge or whatever. I mean, this Newcastle, they got they got Champions League football or had Champions League football. Um. 
I, they should be able to get it again, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's looking increasingly tough no, to do so. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't think they're getting Champions League football. They got it because Liverpool didn't get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think, we'll see. look, Newcastle, I think this uh, the regulation talk is what's changing everything mm-hmm. right now. I, I think New, Newcastle, every window, I'm expecting a big move. And I think they might mm-hmm. be getting it too. Newcastle have signed Anthony Gordon in the past, Alexander Isaac in the past, Brun Guimarães in the past, and now we're starting to see levels of like Diomande. Uh, Tonali mm-hmm. was signed in the past too. So I think their sure. policy is present and future impact, and that comes with sure. a big cost. So I think selling Kieran Trippier would make sense if you have Tino Livramento in your it- books. So it, it does, and remember, uh, well, Lewis Hall was he bought outright or is he? He on was loan? bought, 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 He's bought. He's bought outright. Yeah, expensive. So you got Lewis Hall on the other end. Yeah, no, it, he was expensive. Uh, for how much he's played for them, he was expensive. So yeah, no, I see your point. Um, and yet they're still trotting out Dan Burn at left back. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, it, it very well could happen. Although I just feel like that's counter to what Byron. Exactly. expects to be maybe um well but, and uh, you're saying counter counter on what you expect this was certainly yeah. something i wasn't expect that it was to see <laughs> jordan henderson sign for mm. ajax and whoever disrespects the fact that he goes to ajax he goes to one of the most historic clubs in european football Football heritage right there and they like to sign experienced players and they need experience in this locker room tadich has left uh, Daily Blind has left. They need yep. new references. And jo- Jordan Henderson, I find it interesting, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I I, I agree. Um, it, this is almost exactly what Ajax needs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, leadership, um, somebody that's won, somebody that's done it at the highest level, um, because they're running out a bunch of young guys for the most part for Ajax. They've sold all of their legends for the most part. Um, and they're building new ones, and they've, just like Lyon, they've had an incredibly terrible start to the Eredivisie season, mm-hmm. not to mention in Europe, and uh, they're starting to fight their way out of the basement, and actually they're going to be fighting for Champions League football in the Eredivisie Ooh. by the end of the year. It's going to be tough, but they can do it. But Jordan Henderson, um, it, it's a great signing for them, although it does kind of ill me to hear that Jordan Henderson uh, broke some some sort of jersey sales record uh, for Ajax, considering the amount of actual legends that have developed at Ajax. Uh, but I get it. It's an Englishman coming to the Eredivisie um, and uh, coming with a pedigree that Jordan Henderson has. I, I guess I do understand it. It's an, it's certainly a uh, it cringes outlier, when you when this Cruyff. <laughs> it cringes you when yeah. Cruyff has existed. <laughs> exactly. Um, not to mention others, right? Whether it's Suarez, whether it's um, exactly. Davids, whether it's yeah, there's even just Frankie so many legends that have gone through it. Even, even a Frankie. Frankie, even anyone from that, um, anyone mm-hmm. from that, uh, that Ligt, Eric Ten Hag kind of masterclass Ajax team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but listen, I, I do, I, I do want to bring it up, right? Because no, anyone that's saying like the Saudi project is dead, it's not. This is one one situation. I know there's a couple other rumblings out there. <laughs> um, no, the Mizema. Saudis are. The Saudi teams are going to be throwing money at new players. They're already talking about people. What I what I just don't really understand here is from a sporting, at least taking the club out Itifak, right, which is where Jordan Henderson left. And <laughs> yes. Jordan Henderson left behind Steven Gerrard. 
and they have won one game in the last 11 games. And yet, right after this, their deflection was, let's sign Steven Gerrard to a two-year extension, even though we're not winning at all, right? In order to deflect from the Jordan Henderson leaving type of situation. Um, I'm going to reiterate I don't want to see the Saudi project necessarily fail in any way, shape, or form, but I do want to see, like, what is the expectation? Is it literally just to get the 2034 World Cup? 2025 FIFA Club World Cup. They want to have a big yeah, team but in like, it. Ali Lal? Do they want... Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wa- I want to see development. Um, I want to see whatever. Uh, but, yeah. Jordan Henderson to Ajax after six months, no matter which way you want to you know, put it, uh, as much as Cristiano Ronaldo has been an, a success for Al Nasser, mm-hmm. as, as much as he's been a success for the Saudi Pro League, uh, Jordan Henderson does not meet the flip side criteria of that being that big of a failure. It's one player. We all knew Jordan Henderson probably wasn't going to um, assimilate well and translate well to the Saudi Pro League, and it's not surprising that it didn't turn out. That's true. Right? That, that way. is true. Well um, said. So, well said. Yeah. And turning out, and because we're mentioning transfers, I wanted to mention yeah. March Leonard. March Leonard cost Benfica 18 million. And yes, yeah. Vitor Roque and Hendrik, they're big talents as striker for Brazil. But I guarantee you, put March Leonard in that talk too. For the little I've seen yeah. in two games, the, the positive impact he's had, please watch Benfica play with yeah. Anatoly Trubin with Shroneves, with Antonio Silva, with Marcos Leonardo, with Morat, with the future prospects and ballers in the top five leagues. These players are going to be football heritage. I believe in what I'm seeing. And I'm going to say, Trubin is one of the best young goalkeepers in the world. Antonio Silva <laughs> is one of the best the center back uh, wonder kids in the world. Neves <laughs> is the best midfielder in the Portuguese <laughs> league and one of the best young midfielders in the world. And Marcos Leonardo... Put him in that talk. Hendrik, Vitor Roque, and Marcos Leonardo is the future of Brazil. And all of them are at Benfica. Prestiani, Sheldrup coming. There's others. Tomás Araújo, I really like to watch the center back. Benfica rejected 15 million offers for Tomás Araújo. So if Antonio Silva does leave for the 100 million, Morato, Tomás Araújo to replace Otamendi, Antonio Silva, the starting duo we see, is completely doable. Yeah. And it's good structure. Yeah, and they, yeah, they've been they've been. Uh, well, Marcus Leonardo's got to start at some point soon. But I, those two <laughs> goals that he's had come in what less than fifty minutes playing time so far. And 47. I just have to bring up with mm-hmm. you talking about Marcus Leonardo. Think about the low that he came from with Santos, um, and think about the high he's feeling now. Um, that's True. a hell of a range of emotion for a twenty-year-old to have gone through. Um, over True. just the last few months, right? Um, so I am sure Benfica is uh, uh, just so ecstatic to have him there um, and to see a future that that might put Artur Cabral on the bench. Uh, nothing against him. <laughs> or playing together. Uh, he's just not... Yeah, or playing... You're right, and they, that could actually work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is great to see him having coming off um, a young career and all that he did in those 13 goals he scored for Santos, to see it end like that. Uh, but to see him pick it back up um, with Benfica right away is is kind of nice. The name um, of the field. But I do have to bring up, yeah, <laughs> I got to bring up one more transfer that mm-hmm. got over. We we mentioned it last week, uh, but Brighton continues to just play the football manager god <laughs> game, right? 
bringing in Colo Barco, Valentin Barco from Boca Juniors. It's done. They uh, convinced him of the project. I don't think he needed too much convincing. Uh, they're only paying nine to ten million euros. Uh, probably have to pay more in clauses. But when you're looking at it, I know there have been some misses here. We talked about one previously with Yokeres, but they can build almost a complete eleven of prospects, Alex, that mm. are under twenty-three years old and that have not even hit their prime or even come close to their prime yet, mm. of, of prospects that could grow into uh, players that could wind up making them 100% profit mm. off of what they spent. Okay, so you've got, at goalkeeper, Bart Verbruggen. Mm -hmm. At left back, you've got, uh, you've got Colo Barco. Uh, center back, that's where they're lacking a little bit. But they've got Jean-Paul Von Heck, mm -hmm. who's been pretty good. 23, might have just turned 24. But that's the, I think they're going to be going for a center back mm -hmm. relatively soon. I think you might see like a Zeno de Bast mm -hmm. from Anderlecht. You might see, hell, they could go for a Lenny Oro. But center back's where they're lacking. Right back, they've built Jack Hinchelwood, uh, although he's more of a midfielder that they've turned into a right back, left back. They've got Carlos Baleba, who we have not seen played his best, but we know his quality for Lille. They've got Facundo Buonanotes, who's taken more of an advanced role, but has not yet shown us what, you know, that razor sharpness that we want to see. And then up top, you've got Adingra, you've got Evan Ferguson, you've got Adrian Mazilu, uh, young winger from Romania that everybody is really high on that they paid $3 million for. Uh, Julio Enciso's not back yet. I love this team's transfer policy, and I hope it continues. I hope they don't gut that scouting department, that they don't gut their uh, back office to the point where um, we don't see this anymore for Brighton. But those names are going to make a fortune for Brighton in the future. <laughs> Just think that they sell Moises Caicedo for $120 million. They get Baleba, and they still could sign all the players that you mentioned and still maybe have a profit. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. mad it's, that's it, it mad. really is it's a robbery yeah, and i know they yeah and with this this type of turnover and with these young players obviously you get some games that don't look very deserving yeah, brighton like right. and you've seen that this that season happens. uh but if they're constantly if their worst season is mid-table mm -hmm. and their best season is qualifying for europe i mean think about where you've come from brighton fans like that is True. just unbelievable and to sustain it mm -hmm. it's not a relegation fight uh like david moyes and uh west ham had to go no. through after three straight eight eighth places this is really cool stuff that's happening um in the premier league it's right now. And you got a really cool young owner Tony Bloom, so. it's graham potter that was yeah. sold even for uh, for 20 million at that time like it's <laughs> it's 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 good business. That's what Brighton does. It's great business. But let us know down cool below market. what have we missed from the transfers down below. And the last topic in this podcast, because yes, we loved talking at the start and we love talking about transfers. But it's mandatory to mention the best. No, not the best tournament. <laughs> but it's the best international tournament right now. Ah, it's going against the Asian Cup. And we don't need to put people mad. They're both great tournaments, no. okay? Japan did lose. Japan lost. Yeah. So that was like mad, but we're going to mention just that. But AFCON. AFCON is the tournament yep. that I was hinting uh, on. Got to be mentioned. And how are you feeling with AFCON, Breton? I think it's just unrivaled. 
um, in the in the parody of it all. It gives me Concacaf vibes. The Ghana um, manager, you know. Oh uh, my days! Uh, you know, over here we see Trinidad Tobago beat the U.S. men's national team, right, with mm-hmm. a population disparity of over three hundred and thirty million people. Oof. Um, and in Africa, you in Afcon, you get the same thing: Namibia beating Tunisia. Okay, not not the population difference, but the infrastructure difference and the amount of players, professional players versus literally playing against amateur players. Mm-hmm. Um, you got so much shocking stuff that happens that it's impossible. Anyone that tries to bet on these games, it's impossible to do so. <laughs> um, you've, you've got Ghana in a predicament. You've got Egypt in a predicament. You've got um, Ivory Coast. Else? Nigeria wasn't Nigeria. looking good until they won. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Cape Verde winning their first two games. Kudos to former Philadelphia Union midfielder uh, Jamiro Montero and current MLS Cup champion uh, Steven Marrera. Uh, um, I, I just what you saying on it. Cape Verde? Cape it. Verde is the first nation to be qualified for the round of 16 of Afcon in a group with That's Ghana, in a group with Mozambique, in a group with Egypt. Yeah. This is remarkable for Cape Verde to do. Shout out to Jovan Cabral. What a player he is. And I love that at AFCON, he's getting the deserved recognition. But let's see. Who are your yep. favorites right now for AFCON? Because Ivory Coast oh. lost to Nigeria. I know. Correct? That, yeah. that favorite present. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. And it was a pretty uninspired uh, game against Nigeria. Because Nigeria, I... I they don't look great. They mm-hmm. won on a penalty. It was a uh, Victor Ozeman one penalty. I think it was uh, <laughs> Trusta Kong that put it away. Um, but yeah, no. Th- here's the thing. Afcon is lenient. There are third place teams that get in as well. They got a round of sixteen. I mean, pretty much everybody gets in unless you lose all your all your whatever mm-hmm. all your group stage games. So I still have the Ivory Coast as a favorite. I still believe that. No, that, uh, whatchamacallit, that Nigeria <laughs> is not a favorite to win this thing. Ooh. I don't like the looks of Egypt, and I don't like them look, don't like the looks of them even more without a Mo Salah who likely will miss the rest of the group stage and maybe their first, um, round of 16 game. So I'm going to say that it is still Ivory Coast as a favorite for me, but next to them, Senegal. Uh, looks pretty dang good and looks incredibly convincing in a tough group that is Gambia, Guinea, and Cameroon. So I'm going to say those are my two favorites right now. My two favorites is Senegal and Morocco. I think those two teams are phenomenal. Morocco has it's their golden generation, first African team to get to the semis. And this Senegal team has Sadio Mane, a star. And he's yep. rising to that level. Like, I really feel the responsibility on Sadio Mane. But the nation that we didn't say, yep. it's... The biggest, uh, the biggest disappointment of AFCON for me, it's Algeria. Yeah. Algeria, since Easily. winning AFCON in 2019, they haven't won a game in their last five. Oof. How how can that happen to such a good national team? A team that should be passing in their group. They didn't beat Burkina Faso 2-2. A, a, a team that's tough, but they had to win that game. Yeah. They had to do better. And shout out to Burkina Faso because they're going through and it was it's a difficult it, game and they proved themselves with that one and i want to say onana was the last player to arrive at afcon and he's the first to leave 
How disappointing is it to Cameroon to have an international display like they did? Algeria, Cameroon, they need to do better when you have Morocco, when you have Senegal, when you have Nigeria, young team that is snubbing a gift tournament, not even to go. Like, Mm -hmm. it's different now. Mali's strong. Guinea's strong. Cape Verde's strong. Angola's becoming stronger. Mozambique's becoming stronger. Competition is rising. Cape Verde. Cape Verde, yeah. <laughs> Cape Verde for sure. It's <laughs> well, true. Listen, uh, I, the Onana thing, not only that, I mean, the, the display that he had, I'm not going to say he's the reason Cameroon lost because it, it wasn't just him. <laughs> they didn't play very well. Uh, but he also made some pretty bad judgment calls. Like the Champions game. League. Um, it, it's, 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 yeah, it's one thing that, exactly. It's one thing to show up late. Uh, it's another thing to show up late and play bad. Um, that's that's kind of like mm-hmm. not great, uh, and I understand Cameroon uh, kind of relies on him in that sense. But they did o- they well they at least got a point out of their first game when I believe it was f- uh, Fabrice Andoa, uh, who happens to be Andre Onana's cousin, uh, was the goalkeeper. He was the one between the sticks, and they at least got a point. And listen, Cameroon will likely still make it through. They play bottom of the table Gambia next. Um, and you just need to be one of the better third place teams to at least get into the round of 16. And then, you know, you never know what's going to happen beyond that, but I'm with you. Um, I am impressed with, or not impressed with Cameroon. I am not impressed like Tunisia, uh, losing that first game was pretty shocking. I thought they were stronger than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ghana, you have a game like Kudush has and you still lose it. And you get more solid injured. One loss, one draw. And, and still yeah. don't win it? <laughs> yeah. No, I think, interesting. I think Kudush is the best player at AFCON right now. I think for the impact he had in that game. It's, I know it's one game, Kudush. But, like, what I got yeah. the sense of uh, with that game, it's in the Egypt against Ghana, Kudush grabbed that game for Ghana. Kudush, I feel the responsibility of him being the best player in his national team. It's not Thomas Partey anymore. The future of Ghana is with the future of Mohamed Kudush. And people are are starting to talk about Anthony going to Man United and not Kudush. Mm -hmm. So Eric Ten Hag got that choice. He did that choice. And Kudush will become a Ghana legend and a West Ham legend. Don't forget that he's got six goals and one assist for West Ham until now in the Premier League. What a signing Mm -hmm. that he has shown to be. The future of Ghana. And um, also a historic, historic moment for um, something that we brought up earlier. We talked about Ernest Nuema, um, but Mohamed Kudus becomes the first right to dream Mm. product. Um, The fuel behind FC Norgeland and the fuel behind Simon Adingra and a lot of these other names that have circulated right into our into our purview, into what we watch every day and, and what we're so impressed with. Uh, but Mohamed Kudus becomes the first right-to-dream project, uh, product, I should say, to score in AFCON, oh. which is pretty awesome stuff. It's pretty oh, awesome stuff. And I only say it. that, Alex, because the next MLS franchise is in San Diego, and <laughs> the right-to-dream is going to have an academy right there, and they are part owners, or they are you know, in cahoots with that San Diego franchise. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what type of project they put together on the West Coast here in the States. Uh, But we all know how amazing and all 
all the products that have come from Right to Dream through that FC Norgerland and that Superliga, Alka Superliga um, pipeline. And it's just so cool to watch. But anyway, uh, I think Ghana I will it. bounce back. Uh, uh, the only other name I really wanted to mention was 20-year-old Lamine Kamara. Oh, um, yes. I was going to mention yeah. him. That midfield. Yeah. The midfield of Senegal. It's Sadio Mane yeah. and the midfield of Senegal yeah. with the youth. Pape Matarsar, Pap Gui, and with Lamine. Yep. Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's another, it's that generation foot, man. It's, it's really starting to come together um, in terms of a lot of their products. And they've got that stepping Thanks. stone to Mets, FC Mets. Mm -hmm. um, and then they move on there. But in, in his debut, he scores a brace, right? He had a little more of a muted uh, part of the midfield crew campaign in his second game. Mm -hmm. uh, but the midfielder is definitely pretty special to watch. Um, as is that whole Senegalese team. I think they could. They have a very good shot. Um, you're right, Morocco, I for some reason forgot. But between Ivory Coast, Morocco, and Senegal, um, it, it, I just love the AFCON. It's just great. <laughs> I wish I could see all the games in its entirety. Uh, but anytime you got this type of forced parity, Mm -hmm. uh, it's wonderful to see. Like, I can't get over some of these games, like Namib Namibia winning, Cape Verde with her two wins. It, you just don't see this that often in the Euros. But I think you will, you will, <laughs> moving forward as you expand the playing field. Uh, well, or you're you going to see well, lopsided 8-0 wins. Well, if you check yeah. last podcast, episode 139, we have Bretson's predictions for 2024, in which he does refer to one of these predictions about the Euros. But we'll talk yes, much more about the Euros, Euros Closer to the date. And going with Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane has scored in four consecutive AFCON competitions. In 2017, wow. in 2019, in 2021, and now in 2023. A legend of Senegal. And in their first two games, Senegal has six goals and one conceded. Favorites with Morocco. And if we talk about Morocco in AFCON, in World Cup, in any international context, we know Amrabat is balding. We know Hakimi is balding. And we know Onahi. Onahi is balling yep. out. This man, when he plays for the Moroccan national team, is elite. The footwork, the skill, you, can just, you just can't stop him. So please, if you can, yep. watch Morocco play with Walid Regragri an international um, historic team. It's, it's heritage. Yeah. It's their gener golden generation, as we always say. Uh, my, my only downside with Morocco right now is I, I, it's too little Bilal Al-Khanous. Uh, but I get it. Played 20 minutes. Morocco is royalty. Yeah, he, he played 20 minutes. Um, I'd like to see Amir Richardson, too. But they, they have. Like, I'm just saying, they've got the, the, the established presence, those guys that, that hauled them to historic semifinal World Cup status. And then they also have, Alex, <laughs> the players behind him that will take up the mantle and give them depth in the future. Morocco's scary in a good way, in a very good way for, for now who and for the future. Who um, should sign Bilal El Canous? Oh, my gosh. From I've... Genk to... Mm, Why not Sporting? If Sporting get Bilal El Canous, Ooh. they win the league. <laughs> 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 like a like a Gonsalves uh, like a pot replacement? No, not, sorts, not a pot replacement, a, but uh, just a backup to have with him. Uh, Marcus Edwards oh. will eventually leave behind the striker. Yeah. That would be interesting, Bilal Canus. But do you think Bilal Canus has the talent to go to the Premier League, to a Crystal Palace, to a Wolves, to a Brighton, and start? 
I would see a legal move or like you just mentioned, a Liga Portugal move for Balala Canus before going to the Premier League. Mm, um, go to Sporting or Porto or Benfica, but yeah. Benfica got Coxu. It'll be hard. But I could also see like a like a Stad Rene um that could or happen. a a Lille if they have the money. Um hell PSG, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> um but yeah, Bilal Al Canus is going to be fought for. I mean, even La Liga uh, could do well with him, um, like a Harona. Uh, but I don't think they play with as yeah Sevilla. Sevilla would it be interesting it for fitting. a Moroccan player? El Nesri is there, so it would yeah. be it would be an interesting match. But let us know. But that is yeah, that is something to watch for the future because he will leave. He will leave, and I, I think Genk knows that it's going to be how much for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it gives Kevin De Bruyne vibes right there, right? Same position it too. Does. We're not saying he's as yep. good as Kevin De Bruyne, but he's got potential no. in him. World-class potential. So let us know. Well, what have we missed on AFCON? What have we missed in episode 140? Let us know down below. The start bench cell choices too at the start. The awards yep. ceremony talk. We had so much to talk in this podcast, but what topics do you want to see for episode 141? Comment down below. Hashtag new topic and say it. Refer to it. New topic and say your suggestion. We will know that you have listened until the end on YouTube. Thank you for listening to episode 140 until now. And thank you for going bold with us another week. Thank you, Brett.